Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 13 through 18. Today, a special day for, for all fathers, but at the same time, I, I want to recognize but for some of you that for some of you, today is a painful day. Maybe you're in process today. Maybe you're a fearful first-time dad. Maybe you're really excited that you're getting to be celebrated. Um, my prayer is that God, through his son today, uh, will meet you right where you're at. You know, and so the book of Romans chapter 8, 13, 18 through 18 says this. This is Paul writing. It says, so then, brothers, we are debtors. I'm sorry. I started in verse 12. Let's go to verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Say with me, sons. Sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Look at this, key scripture. But you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, here it is, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. It truly does light our path and it does truly guide us. It's also sharper than any double-edged sword. So Father, right now, I ask for every heart in this room, Lord, to be softened to your word. Open up our minds, open up our hearts, open up our ears to not just be hearers, but also doers of your word. We thank you, Spirit of God, because I know you are, in fact, speaking to every life, even through my words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you guys noticed, anybody out there watch, you know, kind of a sinner like me, you watch some Netflix series every once in a while, right? Like, you know, maybe that's just not sinful. Maybe that's just being a normal human being. You watch television, right? And I don't know if you've noticed, but lately it feels like most of these series, particularly on Netflix, all have like a great crazy buildup with a terrible ending with no resolve. Is that just me? But my wife and I, I'm telling you, we have invested hours sometimes, um, sometimes to the detriment of, of our home. But that's another story. Uh, watching these series that are building up and building up and building up, and you finally realize it's the 10th and final episode, so you think it's going to come to a resolve, and they leave you hanging all the time. Have you, and, then, and then you get the, the news that Netflix will not continue this series, so you don't find out what happened? Come on, somebody out there, right? Like, and it's kind of like the new fad in movie making, even in Hollywood, right? You, you go and you now spend, can you, 20-some dollars a ticket or however much it costs nowadays to go to a movie, right? This is why families of seven like myself don't go to a movie theater, right? Because $150 later, you've watched this two-hour-long movie that has no resolve. Have you ever experienced that frustration of, I've literally just wasted two hours of my life and a lot of money on really disgusting popcorn, because come on, movie theater popcorn ain't that great, guys. I'm sorry. I just offended some of you. 
But isn't that sometimes how life goes? Where there's chapters in our lives that we feel like we are powerless to change the story or the ending of. Right? Some of us right now are are facing things in our life that we feel like this next season, the next chapter, or even the things that have come behind us, we wish we could be the ones rewriting the story. And and, and at times, if if we're honest, the reality is that uh, the difference between Hollywood and TV shows is that you can kind of get over it pretty quickly. But in our lives, so many of us can look at our past, look at the things behind us and go, I wish those things could be rewritten. Now, I want to tell you today that the beautiful thing is that today you and I have an invitation to relate with the author and the finisher of the greatest story ever told. And did you know That just as the book of Hebrews says that he, God, is the author and the finisher of our faith. Did you know that means he gets the final word? Did you know that he invites you into a close relationship, a father and a childlike relationship with the one who writes every chapter of our lives? And I've learned this over the last 35 years of living and and as I read through scripture and as I study God's character and, and see who he truly is, I've come to realize God is not so much into rewriting stories as much as he is into making things new and offering new beginnings and offering new chapters. So no matter where you find yourself today, my hope and my prayer is that there is a realization in your heart that God has a new chapter available to you. As a son, as a daughter, as a father, as an uncle, as a a child, wherever you have placed a period in your life, I'm here to tell you today that God has a comma for you. I'm here to tell you, and my prayer today is that even as we relate with God's word today, that you would experience but God moments throughout this sermon, where you're encountering something but God, where you think it's over and there's a period and God's saying, I've got a comma for you. And so as we look at the book of Romans chapter eight and this scripture that kind of begins a little bit harsh, right? Like you got to put to death the things of this earth, right? And so almost we were here last week. It was kind of like when, when Ray, our, our missionary from Thailand, opened up with a scripture of like all these people basically just like falling over on their chairs and dying. And we're like, oh, cool. I finally invited a friend. These guys talking about somebody dying, right? Like, and in the midst of, the, of this scripture, Uh, Paul, the writer, he's actually pointing us, not just to God the Father, but through the revelation of his spirit, he is trying to reveal to us not just the very nature of God, but what it entails to be children of God. Now, I want to tell you today that as children of God, we have the opportunity to have a brand new chapter written in our lives. My hope is that you wouldn't be conformed to the things of your past, but that you would be hopeful for the future because of who he's called you to be. So number one, I want to talk to you about this idea of a new chapter. And some of you have got to get this in your heart. Number one, I want to talk to you about this idea that I call it ends here. 
Do you struggle with things that you can't seem to shake? Are there things in your life that even today as you come into Father's Day, you look at your past and you go, these were clearly things that were handed down to me and I don't want them in my life, but I can't seem to shake them. Have you ever felt powerless in the midst of circumstances like that? Come on, let, let, let me be honest with you. Have you ever faced sin in your life and gone, I'm powerless to this? I'm almost attracted to it. I, I almost can't shake it off of me. I want to tell you, as a child of God who has a new chapter available to them, you have the ability and you have the power of the Spirit of God for you to not just begin a new chapter, but to go, there are things in my life that end right here. Romans 8, 13 to 15 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by, look at this, by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And you did not receive the spirit of slavery, look at this, to fall back, to keep going back to this thing that you just can't seem to shake off. But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons, as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I would submit to you that part of the reason why you and I can't seem to shake some things off at times is because we have not yet fully accepted or lived out who we are and whose we are. You see, when you understand who you are as a position of a child of God and whose you are, there's going to be things in your life that when you do them, you go, ah, that actually ain't me. Because that doesn't line up to the identity of a child of God. And I believe some of you here today, like me, have struggled with things over and over again. And we carry this ball and chain and we can't seem to shake it off. We try to get some help. We do this, we do that, and nothing seems to work. And I'm telling you, you are not powerless to that thing. You can say it ends with me. You do have the power of God working in and through your life to literally put to death the deeds of the body. Maybe some of you are here today and on a Father's Day you're going, man, I've got generational baggage that I cannot seem to get rid of. I want to encourage you today that your verbiage would change to it ends with me. Yeah. It ends here. Speaking of generational baggage, you know, a lot of times in church world, I've heard this scripture quoted and I should say misquoted constantly. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, we read that the Lord, your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And I've heard preachers say this, and quite frankly, I, I, I've heard people say it to me personally. And like, well, be careful, the things your dad did, uh, it'll visit. Wow. Right? And, 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 and I, I've, I've just so been, can I say, disgusted by the misuse of this scripture. And some of you today have bought into this thing that goes, man, I got to carry this because I'm third, I'm four generations in. And you forget that God is still not done writing the book. 
Because he goes on to say in the next verse, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Come on, that's got to be some good news. I don't know if you're just asleep because it's a 9 a.m., but I don't know if you forgot this is Legacy Church. I need you to talk back at me, okay? Okay? I hope this is good news for somebody today. That yes, the generation, yeah, 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 there's, there's curses, there's this, there's that, my dad did this, and there's effect of that, but there's a heavenly father that goes, hey, this may come and try to visit, and by the way, I've talked about this from the pulpit, now I want to reshare again, this is why they pay me the big bucks, I did a word study on what this word means, visit, so I went back, and I'm, I'm studying the original text, I'm like, what does visit mean, and, and check this out, ready for the great revelation, it means visit. And you know what a visitor can, does? They knock. And you have the power to open the door or not. Man, some of y'all are a little distracted to hear the truth of God this morning, and I, and I need you to engage in this. Because for too long, you've been walking out the identity not of a child of God, Carrying around baggage that you thought you were powerless to. And God's here to tell you, they're a visitor. You get to answer or keep the door closed. And you know what I do? I got steadfast love for thousands of generations. So as we look at this Father's Day today, I want to talk to you about this idea that whatever your earthly dad may have set you up for has nothing to do and it pales in comparison with what your heavenly father has for you. And now I don't want to disregard that some of y'all, like me, were privileged to have beautiful, amazing dads. I mean, just this morning, I posted on my social media, and really, and you know me, it's, I'm a three-point guy. It's three things. It's how God deals with me, three things at a time. It's just the way my brain works. And, and three things my father did for me. Yeah, he did some things wrong, but three things he did for me is he gave me a passion for the Word of God. He gave me a passion for the house of God, which, by the way, which is why I'm always going to be a local church guy. There ain't no kingdom of God without the local church, and there ain't no local church without the kingdom of God. So no, I'm not trying to just kumbaya around a campfire with my buddies on a Friday night and call that church. But that's a different sermon for another time. Anyway, see, see how he gave me the passion for the, the house of God? And the third thing my father gave me is he gave me a passion for the people of God. And so I don't want to disregard some of you here today are that father that set us up. But even that, even what my father gave me and set me up for pales in comparison to what my heavenly father has in store for me. Because sonship means I have a perfect heavenly father that has things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind could even, come on somebody, the, no mind could even begin to comprehend what your Heavenly Father has for you. And so, so we see Paul trying to get us to line up to identity. By the way, if you didn't catch this already, this is a message on identity. Yes, it's Father's Day. And no, I'm not just talking to dads, just like Sophia spoke on Mother's Day and was like, hey, even you men can learn from women in the Word. 
right? This is, a, this is not just a message for fathers. This is a message for us all because this is a message on the identity of children of God. So let me talk about this idea of sonship that Paul is talking about and referring to here. It's interesting because Paul is actually talking to a group of people that would understand when they say or hear the word sonship, it means that it is not an automatic thing. In that culture, even if you were born to me, you needed to still go through specific steps in the Jewish culture to then actually be called my son. Paul is talking to these people and he's going, guess what? God adopted you. You immediately get to call him Abba. He's talking to a group of people that are used to, I've got to go through these steps in order to earn my sonship, in order to earn my inheritance, in order to keep this title of a son to my father. I mess up. I can be out. I can be uh, thrown to the wolves. And this guy's coming in and com- coming to me and saying, you ain't got to do nothing. You, you just are chosen. And, and I want to talk to you today about how, my friend, you are chosen by God. The way one of my youth pastors preached this very idea to me years ago was God lined up all the people in the world. And he went, I choose you. I choose you. And for the guy that always got chosen last, that feels real good, y'all. I kind of like the number system now, like one, two, one, two, you know, when you're picking teams, you know, because then it's less like if you're the scrawny kid, you get chosen last, you know. I think part of what I want to say today is, is if I could, if I could line you all up, I would put my hands on your cheeks right here like a father would and tell you, you're chosen. And, and tell you, because you're chosen, you're empowered to say to certain things, it ends here. Whether that's anger, whether that's lack of forgiveness, whether that's pride, whether that's abandonment, whether that's being let down, whether that's being lied to, whatever it may be, you no longer have to carry this as part of your identity, my friend. Say with me, it ends here. And when it ends there, you and I are called to freedom, not to slavery to go back to it, is what Paul is saying. So Paul's going, hey guys, not only are you called to this, but I want to remind you that you don't have to keep going back to what's familiar. You know what's familiar? Fear. You know what's familiar? The comfort of my pain and my past. Because here's what most of you may or may not realize so far is that our past actually represents some level of comfort, whether it's painful or not. You want to know why? Because it's known. At least I can count on it. Mm, Okay. Holy Spirit, some of you all got to hear this. And this is what, did you know that the enemy can't see your future? Did you know that God is the only one that's omnipresent? You know that only God is the Alpha and the Omega? Okay, so the enemy can't speak to your future. So what will he do? 
constantly speak to what he can speak to, and that's your past. So if it's terrible, you'll always be there. You suck, it sucks, it will always suck. My mom didn't used to let me say that when I was growing up, and now I get to say it as I'm preaching. (laughs) Sorry, Mom, it's Father's Day. (laughs) You get what I'm saying. And some of you, please don't be offended by the verbiage I just used, as if the enemy doesn't use that kind of verbiage with you. Okay? And so he, he, he looks at you, and then check this out. And if your past was awesome, that's as good as it's going to get. So live in those glory days, and don't ever expect anything greater. And I'm here to tell you today, you've not been given a spirit of slavery to be captive by your past. You've been given a spirit of freedom by which you can cry out, Abba, Father, what do you have for me? Why? Because there's salvation and then there's sanctification. And it's time for you and I, my friends, as children of God, to not just settle for our salvation, but to truly begin to walk out our sanctification. And our sanctification begins with, it stops here. I am putting things of my flesh to death. Why? Because God has more for you. And that's why there's hope. Number two, as children of God, we are allotted an inheritance unlike any other. Romans 8, 16 to 17 says this, excuse me, the spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. In other words, there is an inheritance unlike any other available to you as a child of God. Can I just say something? And hopefully this helps some of you kind of loosen up. I think when we hear a sermon like this, we almost cringe because we're afraid of the good news being too good to be true. Some of you right now in your very spirit, and I could feel it, are going, uh, careful, Tony, don't get too much into the like, prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about you give God this, he gives you that. I'm talking about God lines you up and goes, you get this. And, and what's happening is in, in, in your spirit, some of you are going, this is too good to be true. That's why it's the good news. Literally, gospel means good news. But for some of you, you're battling this message in your heart and in your spirit because it's too good to be true. And I'm telling you, you've got to accept just how good the gospel is because it only gets gooder. Let me tell you right off the bat, Maybe some of you are just a little surprised that I'm not challenging you as much. Don't worry, we'll get to the third point. (laughs) Let me tell you right off the bat, no one, say with me, no one. No one can give you what God can give you. And I know that to some of us that maybe have been walking with Jesus for a while, that's kind of basic, but would you fan that flame? Would you never let go of that truth in your heart. Keep it fresh. Write it in your heart. No one can give me what God can give me. 
No one compares to what God can give me. I'm telling you, I referenced 1 Corinthians earlier, right? Where, where Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.9, I believe it is, where he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. That is good news for you and I, my friend. Yep. 1 Corinthians 2.9 declares that nothing compares to what God can give to us. There is an inheritance unlike any other. Just this last week, I, was, uh, I have a group text message with a couple of, of my really good friends. Some of you have met them when we were uh, during the transition weekend, when we transitioned into the lead pastor role in August of last year. Uh, Brian Becker, Pastor Brian, who preached that Sunday. And then there was Tom Weiss with the beautiful red beard. Yeah, uh, he's taught here before as well. Um, anyway, so I'm going to group message with him, myself, and, and uh, Jeff Fawson, one of our uh, volunteers here. And we, we've been friends for a long time. And we've, we've kind of all gone through thick and thin together. And it's been almost a decade now of friendship. And uh, this week, uh, Tom's uh, oldest boy was graduating high school. And so he's sending us photos of that. And I mean, he's like, look at Tom. And he's named Tommy, right? So like, it's, and he's Tommy the third, right? So it's like this inheritance, right? Where he's like, and, and, and Tom's like just sending, you know, heart emojis and crying emojis. We are those kind of men, right? Where we, we, where we cry via emojis on our text messages. And, and he's like, look at Tommy go, you know? And, and he's like, and he got accepted in the George Fox University, a Christian university nearby. He's gonna be where his sister's going and he's studying this. I mean, he's just bragging up a storm, right? And so, and then Brian uh, sends a, 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 a picture of his oldest daughter graduating middle school. She's going to move into high school. And man, I'm so proud of her. Look at her. She's become such a fine young lady, all that stuff. And then his youngest daughter is moving out of elementary school and going into middle school. So he's bragging on her. And then of course, you know, your boy had to brag on my oldest, right? So I'm like, this is Gabriel graduating middle school, going into high school. And I sent him a photo of Gabriel wearing all of his medals that he wins at track races and cross-country races that his coach asked him to wear all their medals uh, at the, for the last day of school. So Gabriel's just like walking around with all these medals, right? He's like his dad. Anyway, um, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I wish I had that many medals. I, I, by the way, I'm taking up an offering to, to, to build a trophy case in my house for this kid. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I'm, I'm, can you tell how proud I am, right? Like, so I'm bragging. And then Jeff's like, oh my goodness, JJ's graduating preschool and he's going into kindergarten. And I mean, we are all, guys, we're all bragging, right? And I wish I could show you the thread. But it's so interesting because I look at that and I go, we're still men that make mistakes. Like, I still raise my voice at times. Like, I, I still lose my temper. I still am not patient enough. I, I still uh, let them down. I still uh, don't always say the right thing. I, sometimes I, I don't follow through. I, and I, I could begin to rattle off all the ways that I've failed my children. Yet, in the moment where it counts, I am so proud of them. And what God showed me, even in this text message, was look at you as earthly men, how proud you are and how you've done everything you can to set up your children. But that's nothing in comparison to what I have prepared for you. Here's the reason why. The inheritance we get is Jesus himself. Like, and we'll, for some of us, is that enough? Is Jesus sufficient? 
is this song, Give Me Jesus. I, I, I don't want anything else in this world but Jesus. Is that truly our heart's cry? Or have we misvalued, devalued, undervalued the inheritance that the Heavenly Father gives us through His Son, Jesus Christ? You know, with the Heavenly Father, no good thing is ever withheld. Matthew 7, which is also talked about in Luke chapter 11, but I'm going to read Matthew's account of this. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Are you still with me, by the way? You getting something out of this? We're going to end in exactly 7 to 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> Jesus goes, Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children, how, oh my gosh, say with me, how much more? How much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Uh, Luke's account says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He gives us Himself. And as a result, there's an inheritance that you and I get to partake in. Are you lonely today? Because Psalm 68 says he places the lonely into family. Are you broken today? Part of your inheritance is healing through him. Are you bound up today? Are you carrying a ball and chain? Are there things you can't seem to shake? Part of your inheritance is the freedom that comes through knowing Him. And when you know Him, the truth sets you free. Are you here feeling like you're wandering throughout life and you have no one to look out for you? Part of your inheritance is a heavenly Father who covers you who sees you. He sees the beginning and the end. It says he goes before us and he prepares a way. Are you beginning to get a picture of your inheritance here? You get a father who is close, who is available, who is near, who is present. For some of you, this may be foreign because I've just described maybe the exact opposite of father you had, who was far who was never available, who was closed off, who was always moving on to the next thing. And, and I want to tell you today, and can I just get vulnerable as a dad? I fall into that trap so many times. I get tired. Come on, dads. I get grumpy. Is it just me? I look at the honey-do list and I go, this is never-ending. Right? In a demanding, stressful job like the one that I've got, I come home and the last thing I want to do is now be emotionally available for six other people when I've been emotionally available for other people for eight to nine hours, right? I come home, I'm exhausted, I just want to sit on my back porch, watch some real football, not American football, sorry, and, and just relax, right? Especially now that Messi's coming to the MLS. Come on. Praises be to him. To the Lord, not Messi. But we have a beautiful heavenly father who's never tired, who's never weary, 
who's always available, who's always close, who's always there, who's always not too burned out to deal with you. So Paul uses this this, um, term here in the book of Romans where he says, Abba. And did you know that not only is it the most intimate Aramaic term that existed for the word father, but catch this. It's the exact term Jesus uses every time he prays in the Gospels. Every time Jesus prays in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, he says this word, Abba. And it is an intimate proximity, closeness. It's daddy doesn't do it justice. Dad doesn't do it justice. It is a a, a word that implies proximity like no other. My friend, part of your inheritance means you have direct access at any time to your heavenly father. You have intimacy with your heavenly father. You get to hang out with your heavenly father. You get to just be and just hang out and just, you don't have to put on a face. You don't have to put on a front. You don't even have to clean yourself up because he's good enough to clean you up and bind your wounds and heal you up and free you up and do what only he can do. Are you, are you catching this? Perhaps you've known a father in your life by a different term. Today, I want to invite you to know the Heavenly Father as Abba Father. You know, going back to my own childhood, I I referenced, you know, that obviously that my father wasn't perfect. um, But man, I was blessed to have a great dad who uh, he's been a he's he's been a preacher as well, for better or for worse. He's been a preacher for 40 years. um, And as as we grew up, that meant he was pretty busy all the time. Yet one of the things that I knew I always had was the ability to call my dad, and no matter who he was in front of, I knew he'd pick up the phone. I, I really, genuinely, I'm fighting back tears as I think about it because I was privileged to have access to the man at any time. Do you know God offers that to you as his children at all times? You don't have to wait for the secretary to go, he'll call you back. You don't have to wait to make an appointment. You don't have to go and take a shower after a long day of work and clean yourself up and dress the part. You don't have to prepare the things that you're going to say before you come. You you get direct access to the Father. And there's a consistency in that that you can count on. We can talk about this father being faithful, being a healer, being the one that offers guidance, that offers wisdom, that offers assurance, that also at times offers discipline and correction. Just as Hebrews 12 says that in the moment, discipline seems like a painful thing, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness, right? This is beautiful. This is the father we get. So the third and final point I want to give you today, because I promised you about 10 minutes ago that we would end in 7 to 30-ish minutes, is this is that suffering is not the end. Romans 8, 17 to 18 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. But look at this. Provided we suffer with him. So this is where the message takes a turn 
and you go, I wish I would not have invited my friend because now you're going to talk about suffering. But just wait for it because there's good news. Provided we suffer in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time oof, are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. So if I were to rewrite this point that I just made that suffering isn't the end, I would say it to you this way. Suffering isn't the end, but it is a part of the story. Provided we suffer. It's in the dark times. It's in the suffering that the greatest revelations I have had of God have come through. It's in the most painful moments of my life, in my most desperate times of crying out to God, that my, hear me church, my roots have had to learn to dig deep. Oh my gosh, I wish I had more time. But I, I, but I got to preach this. Part of your inheritance, part of your new chapter is do not settle for a superficial relationship with God the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Too many believers have walked for too long with a God that wants and is available and desires a deep relationship with them. And too many of us have walked at a superficial level. Too many of us have kept it casual. Too many of us, and I would say most of us, we have shied away from it because we know that depth can only come through suffering. And so you know what we do? We live in a culture where we are currently living in a comfort crisis. We're, some of you, even how you decided which church to go to had to do with the comfort of the chairs, the comfortability of the parking lot, the comfortability of the temperature, the comfortability of the level of, of the audio. I mean, this is the reality that we live in. You purchase your car, your home, according to if it's comfortable to drive, if it's comfortable to, to get, we, and so what we do is we do all that we can to live a comfortable life. And Paul goes, you have this inheritance provided you suffer. And if you're anything like me, you're like, I don't want to suffer. I don't. I, I, I don't. But you know what I do want? I want a depth. I want to learn how to be so desperate for him at all times that all I've got is him to turn to. You, you know what I want? I want a true sonship like Paul is talking about. A sonship that only comes with suffering, that only comes with understanding that I look to him as my only source. A sonship that takes me through a process of growth. A sonship that takes me through sanctification. A, a, a sonship that doesn't prevent, run away, mask, hear me, or medicate away from suffering. Yeah. Yep. Because of this, Romans 5, 3, 5, I'm almost done. We're landing the plane soon. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured, poured into our hearts. So there it is again, the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I want you to notice the progression. It's going to be a slide up there. It begins with suffering, endurance, 
character, hope. Okay. You walked into a church that part of our tagline is hope for all, right? And most of us want hope. Did you know that there's a spiritual progression to get to hope? At least a hope that doesn't fail you. Because what we're after is not hype, it's hope. And anybody can provide you hype. I could get up here and go, God's good and he's this and he's that and get you all riled up. And if I was really smart, I'd have an organ player in the back really getting you going, right? Some of you would get scared and some of you would get excited with me. And, that's, and that expression is great and all, but I'm not interested in hype. I want hope. And in order to get to hope, I got to understand there's suffering. And in that suffering, when I don't give up, there's this endurance in me that goes, oh my gosh, and I got to preach this to somebody today. Too many believers have a frail faith. Then the moment things go slightly wrong, oh, see, God isn't good. The church hurt me, the so-and-so. And I'm not disregarding any of those real life experiences. But what happens if you actually allow suffering to produce something in you rather than run away, medicate, or dare I say, mask the fact that it's not there. Because suffering leads us to endurance. And now there's this built up ability to go, through God, I can do this. Part of my identity as a child of God is I can endure. I can do this like a marathoner looks at 26.2 miles and goes, I've run this before. I can do this. And then there's character that's produced in us. Let me talk to you about another progression from character. We've got hope. Let me talk to you about another progression and then we'll end. I promise you. Another progression that we see in this script in this scripture is that we go from being slaves to sons and daughters, to heirs. Do you see what I'm talking about? There's a new chapter available to you. You no longer have to be a slave. You get to be called a son and a daughter, and you get to walk that identity out. And in that, you get an inheritance that's unrivaled. Go ahead, Ben, come on up. So I want to encourage you today Don't mask your suffering. Don't run away from your suffering. Don't ignore your suffering. Don't try to prevent your suffering. Understand that it's going to be part of your story to truly embracing hope. And some of you are going, well, what's the hope? And the answer I'm going to give you may seem like a cheap, well, that's what pastors should say, but it's Bible. The hope is in the glory that's to come. And I don't think we talk enough about that in church world nowadays. I think we've fallen into a culture that's the here and the now, and that's great to be present, to to see what God's put in front of you here today. But believer, child, son, daughter of God, you are called to things above and beyond just this earth. You know, the Bible is very clear that that we are to be in this world, but we're not of it. And part of being not of it is that we have greater things to come. The Bible says of Jesus himself that for the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. 
Jesus understood what was to come. We're called to understand what's to come. As one of my mentors growing up used to say, well, Tony, there's just no way around it. You got to learn how to hug your cactus and grow from there. (laughs) Would you stand to your feet today? Are you someone that today maybe you're growing up without a father? Maybe you're here in the room today and maybe you're a single mom questioning whether or not your kids are going to make it or you're asking yourself, how will they turn out? Or maybe you're here today and you're a father and you're like, man, I've, I've failed. Maybe at this point in life, you're already a grandfather and you're going, holy smokes. Or maybe you're here and you're a son and a daughter and you've been hurt by a father in the past. And maybe in the midst of all that, one of the questions you're asking is like, how will my life move forward without blank? Can I tell you, because you're God's child, you don't have to wonder. The Heavenly Father today is closer than any brother. He's going to provide for you. He's going to ensure that you lack no good thing. Single moms, he's going to ensure your children, their needs are met. Widow, widower, he's going to ensure that your children will know who he is and his provision in a way that maybe others would never understand. You're here today and you're never able to maybe physically become a father and God's going, let me send these people to you for you to mentor and pour out a heavenly father's heart into them in a way that their actual father could never do. What I'm trying to get at here today is in every season, every life, every storm, your heavenly father will ensure that you lack no good thing. Now, I do need to end this message with this, and I mean it wholeheartedly, and no, my intent is not to beat up men on Father's Day, because I'm tired of the script that Mother's Day, everyone gets to honor moms, and on Father's Day, we come in and we get beat up in church. Sometimes that happens. That's not my heart. But men, men of God, in this day and age, in this culture, in the things that we are fighting for. It is not time to cower. It is time to step up. Not with a toxic masculinity, not with a chauvinistic, you know, I'm going to just force my way. No, no. You're going to emulate the heart of a father. That father who, when his son royally messed up, He didn't go, oh. No, he waited for him and met him halfway as that son made his way back home. And he threw him a party in spite of all the haters. He wasn't embarrassed to go give him the best food, give him the best clothes, and everybody's wondering, are you insane? I don't care. This is my son, and he's back home. Men, I beseech you today. It's time to rise up. There are orphans all around you. And women play a beautiful role, unlike any other. But you, your role is unlike any other.
Is that okay for me to say in church still? Go ahead and quote me on YouTube on that. Okay. I think that's it. I had more, but I think that's it. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song. And if you need prayer for anything in particular, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and leave your seat and go over to the prayer corner. And we've got people there that are willing to pray for you. If you need to spend some time thinking through something, praying through something, you can remain in your seats. You can also sing this song with us. Or today, as you think through the Heavenly Father's love and how that resulted in Christ's ultimate sacrifice for us, we've got communion tables here at the front of the, of the sanctuary for you to be able to come and remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and partake in communion as you do so in remembering what he's done for us. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that your word would not fall on hard soil, but it would fall on good soil today. Lord, no matter where any of us are, I pray that you'd minister to our hearts. If we need healing, would you heal? If we need encouragement, would you encourage? Father, most importantly, though, I pray for everyone in this room that we would be able to understand whose we are and who we are and what that means for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and sing. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.